Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And welcome. It's 9 o'clock. It is 69 degrees out. And the humidity is 72%. And I looked at the gauge of what it feels like. And the weather said it feels like 69. And I agree. It was the first morning that we've had so far that our coconut oil in our kitchen that we keep there on the countertop wasn't completely clear. wasn't completely liquid. It started to half kind of congeal. It was interesting. I thought, wow, I have not seen that in a long time. Well, we are in Ezekiel 41 and Second Peter 2, if you want to find your way there. But we shall first look over to this day in trivia. And you may notice I'm starting to fight a cold. So hopefully, we'll be doing this tomorrow. Anyway, what is orange and sounds like a parrot? A carrot. <laughs> All right. I should have given one of those. See, I'm, I'm behind the... I'm about way behind the curve there. Natalie Wood drowns on November 29, 1981, age 43. She was sailing on a yacht, and she was on board with her husband, Robert Wagner, and the yacht's captain... She ended up in the water. How she ended up in the water was not determined. She had bruises on her body and her abdomen. Abdomen. <laughs> I can't even say it. Um, and her blood alcohol content was 0.14. They've never been able to figure out how she died. And that was really sad. Pong. Now, I remember this. How about you guys? November 29th, 1972. The arcade video game Pong is released. It was the world's first commercially successful video game. And let me see, after hiring all these guys, Atari and different guys, creating the version of the game, they marketed it. Magnavox later sued Atari for patent infringements. Oh, great. Well, anyway, who can't forget Atari when it first came out? We all played it. First U.S. Animal in Orbit, 19... 61 on this day, five-year-old chimpanzee launched on the Mercury Atlas 5 satellite, orbited the Earth twice, making him the first U.S. animal to orbit the Earth, and he recovered safely later that day. He fared much better than the Russian dog they put up. Remember that the first animal in space was a Russian dog, and they had no intention of recovering that dog. I don't, why, I don't know, but they let him burn up on reentry. Hmm. Anyway, I think that's it. Let's see if we got anything on dad jokes today. Have you heard about the chocolate record player? It sounds pretty sweet. What did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> that's an oldie. All right, that's move over into the reading. So, Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us together, allowing us to spend this time. May you just bless the time that we have, and, and may it be fruitful. 
may it be things we can understand and take with us and actually gain, Father, in understanding and, and even vision on the things you're doing in this world. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We'll see how I fare. Ezekiel 41. Then he brought me to the nave and measured the side pillars. Six cubits wide on each side was the width of the side pillar. The width of the entrance was ten cubits, and the sides of the entrance were five cubits on each side. He measured the length of the nave, forty cubits, and the width, twenty cubits. Then he went inside and measured each side pillar of the doorway, two cubits, and the doorway six cubits, and the width of the doorway seven cubits. And he measured its length, twenty cubits, and the width, twenty cubits before the nave. And he said to me, this is the most holy place. And he measured the wall of the temple, six cubits, and the width of the side chambers, four cubits, all around about the house on every side. The side chambers were in three stories, one above the other, 30 in each story, and the side chambers extended to the wall, which stood on their inward side all around that they might be fastened and not be fastened into the wall of the temple itself. The side chambers surrounding the temple were wider at each successive story because the structure surrounding the temple went upward by stages on all sides of the temple. Therefore, the width of the temple increased as it went higher. And thus, one went up from the lowest story to the highest by way of the second story. I saw also that the house had a raised platform all around, and the foundations of the side chambers were a full rod and six long cubits in height. The thickness of the outer wall of the side chamber was five cubits, but the free space between the side chambers belonging to the temple and the outer chambers were 20 cubits in width all around the temple on every side. Verse 11, the doorways of the side chamber towards the free space consisted of one doorway towards the north and another doorway towards the south, and the width of the free space was five cubits all around. The building that was in the front of the separate area at the side towards the west was 70 cubits wide, and the wall of the building was five cubits thick all around, and its length was 90 cubits. Then he measured the temple, a hundred cubits long. The separate area with the building and its walls were also a hundred cubits long. And the width of the front of the temple and that of the separate areas along the east side totaled a hundred cubits. He measured the length of the building along the front of the separate area behind it with a galley on each side, a hundred cubits. He also measured the inner nave and the porches of the court, the thresholds, the latticed windows, and the galleries round about their three stories. The thresholds, the latticed windows, the galleries round about the three stories opposite the threshold were paneled with wood all around and from the ground to the windows, but the windows were covered. Over the entrance and to the inner house, on the outside, 
and on all the wall, all around, inside and out, by measurement. It was carved with cherubim and palm trees, and a palm tree was between cherub and cherub. And every cherub had two faces, a man's face toward the palm tree on one side, and a lion's face toward the palm tree on the other side. They were carved on all the house, all around. From the ground to above the entrance of the cherubim, the palm tree was carved, as well as on the wall of the nave. The doorposts on the nave were square. As for the front of the sanctuary, the appearance of one doorpost was like that of the other. The altar was of wood, three cubits high, and its length two cubits. Its corners, its base, and its sides were of wood. And he said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. The nave and the sanctuary each had a double door. Each of the doors had two leaves, two swinging leaves, two leaves for one door and two leaves for the other. Also, there were carved on them, on the door of the nave, the cherubim and the palm trees like those carved on the walls, and there was a threshold of wood on the front of the porch outside. There were latticed windows and palm trees on the one side and on the other. And on the sides of the porch, thus were the side chambers of the house and the thresholds. So there you go, more explanation of this future temple that Ezekiel is seeing. The plans are essentially given to Ezekiel, which is interesting because remember, God gave Moses the plans to the tabernacle essentially the future plans for the temple on Mount Sinai. Mira- you know, miraculously brought him up into heaven, essentially, and showed him what the temple was to look like. And so he had the plans with him. And it was quite a long time, wasn't it, until it was built. You had the 40 years wandering, and then, of course, Joshua goes in, then you had the 400 years there within the land, and you know, it was in that time period that finally Solomon is given those plans to build it. So the plans came quite a long time before it was built. And so these plans are given in Ezekiel, and it's been way longer. And uh, we're still waiting for this uh, temple. Now, again, it would seem that the uh, temple with Zerubbabel, this is given direction. And I meant to look this up. I'm a little fuzzy. I haven't taught Ezekiel in a while whether Zerubbabel used any of these plans here because the the temple that they built that Herod later modified was way smaller than I I believe this one. So I'll have to look into that a little bit more and see how much he used or did not use these these plans here. 2 Peter 2, but false prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth is maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. 
For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment, did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard the righteous man while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the flesh, in its corrupt desires, and despise authority. Daring self-willed, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. Whereas angels, who are greater in might and power, do not bring a reviling judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like unreasoning animals, born as creatures of instinct, to be captured and killed, reviling where they have no knowledge, will in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed, suffering wrong as the wages of doing wrong. They counted a pleasure to revile in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, reviling in their deceptions as they carouse with you. Having eyes full of adultery, they never cease from sin. Enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained for greed. Accursed children, forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. Having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, and he received the rebuke from his own transgression, for a mute donkey, speaking with the voice of a man, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are springs without water, amidst driven by a storm, for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words and vanity, they entice the fleshly desires by sensuality. Those who barely escape, the ones who live in error, promising them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. Verse 22. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. And this sounds a lot like Jude, doesn't it? This is um, really Jude and Second Peter are... Uh, using the same playbook. They're listening. God is using them to communicate some very specific truths. The origin of these kinds of false teachers and their blasphemous heresies and stuff originated 
with these angels who came down on Mount Hermon. And they were the ones, the original ones, the 200 of them, who came down before the flood and took the daughters of men. And God took those particular ones and cast them down into hell, it says. But this is in the lower parts. This is in a different section. It is, it's the pit, like he says here. It's not Gehenna, but it is a special place reserved for them. They're the ones in the book of Revelation we're going to be reading about are going to be released from that pit to rage against the light for that short period of time before finally being judged for good. And Peter is getting really specific, just like Jude. He's saying, if God has reserved judgment for them, and they came down in, you know, they, they came down thousands and thousands of years ago, and he's keeping them under chains of darkness for judgment. Don't think that these false teachers are going to get away with what they're getting away with. God's judgment delayed is not God's judgment denied. He is going to bring about judgment on these men, so don't listen to them. In other words, when you're a new Christian or a weak Christian, you don't know very much, and you see these huge TV evangelists, you see these guys with all these millions of followers or thousands of followers and they have big ministries and lots of money and they're up there and their 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 eyes are closed and sometimes they're crying and they're raising their hands and they're praising God and and talking about how God is blessing them so much and God wants to bless you and God has a plan for your life and all you need to do is follow them and give them money you some weak Christians think well look God is blessing their ministry so obviously God is in it, so I better follow this guy or listen to this guy. And they're deceived. And he's saying, don't do that. Their judgment is just being delayed. They are going to be judged as the angels. Their heart is not after the Lord. It's after money. It's after sensualities in the flesh. How many of these TV evangelists are caught in adultery, immorality? On and on and on it goes. And in all aspects, the Catholic priests as well. What goes on in the Vatican? It's, it's, it pains me to say this because I live in Mexico and people love the Pope. They, they love the whole idea of this holy see, the Vatican, that somehow is kind of this the God's holy embassy on the earth, and you go there and you just, you're in, you're in, the, you're, you're in little heaven up there in, in the Vatican or something. Yet, what goes on in the Vatican? Down underneath in the Vatican, what goes on there cannot even probably be mentioned from all the reports of the kind of things that go on there. God has his hand on what's going on. He knows what's going on. It goes on in the Catholic Church, it goes on in the Protestant Church. And oftentimes the larger they get and the more money they get, the more corrupt and the more like these people, these false teachers is talking about. Not always, thank God. I think the Billy Graham Association is a fine ministry. I think they do a great work. I think they're still doing a great work. Chuck Smith in Calvary Chapel, man, that guy finished the race well. He really did. He had a phenomenal run. 
and he stayed faithful to the end. There's been some great men with huge ministries that have done well, the Spurgeons and all of these kinds of guys. But there are the other new kind of group that tend to be more television-oriented. They, um, they're the ones that we have to be careful about. And this is, and all that we keep seeing over and over and over again is in the end times, it's going to be false teachers trying to lead people away, trying to destroy people in the church. So we have to be vigilant. We have to be contending for the faith. Now, Charles Spurgeon, let's see what he has to say. Know how to wait. He that believeth shall not make haste. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. He shall make haste to keep the Lord's commandments, but he shall not make haste in any impatient or improper sense. He shall not haste to run away, for he shall not be overcome with fear, which causes panic when others are flying hither and thither as if their wits had failed them. The believer shall be quiet, calm, and deliberate, and so shall be able to act wisely in the hour of trial. He shall not haste in his expectations, craving the good things at once and on the spot, but he will wait God's time. Some are in the desperate hurry to have their bird in hand, for they regard the Lord's promise as a bird in the bush, not likely to be theirs. Believers know how to wait. He shall not haste by plunging into wrong or questionable action. Unbelief must be doing something, and thus it works its own undoing. But faith makes no more haste than good speed, and thus it is not forced to go back sorrowfully by the way which it followed heedlessly. How is it with me? Am I believing? And am I therefore keeping to the believer's peace, which is walking with God? Peace, fluttering spirit, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Heart, see that thou do this at once. (laughs) I love the way that man writes. Father, thank you for the way you are. Growing us up in the faith and bringing us in to the battle knowing the plans and the attacks of our enemy. And I thank you, God. You are strengthening the church, and you are giving us a lot of information which brings us our armament in greater strength. We know how, Father, the enemy is going to come at us. We know that we need to be very careful, God, that it will come in looking like a believer, but with words that will bring destruction and death. And so just we pray that you would make us aware of these things and build us up in your word so that we know the genuine, we know the false, we know the counterfeit from what is true. Pray this for all my brothers and sisters to be able to easily and readily discern the truth from a lie. So whatever doctrine comes into the church, they'll be able to see it. And then, Father, use us as ambassadors of righteousness, use us to set the captives free and to help those that are in deception to come out of it. And so thank you, and thank you for for blessing. Thank you for the conference that just happened. Thank you for the the outreach we're going to do this next week with the kids, all of the different ministry outreaches with all these churches that are beginning to happen now as we move into the Christmas season, giving us opportunity, so many opportunities all around. To minister God. Thank you for all the healing that you're you're doing. We're rejoicing, God, that the, the healing touch of your hand is all over the place. 
praying for little Abigail, who's going to go in for surgery tomorrow morning, that that be a quick and easy tonsillectomy without any complications, and that this might be the one thing that's been needed so that she can come back and have full control over her thinking and, and be able to really get her life back. So thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, bless the doctor's hands, the nurse's hands, surgeons, everything will be going on there, God. So we anxiously await what you're going to do there and um, pray for Mary's surgery as well. That goes well, and we anxiously wait to hear how that goes. Thank you that Juan Carlos is done with the radiation, and uh, and hopefully everyone else is done with their chemo radiation as well. So thank you, God. We praise you, and may you just bless the rest of this week and the things we put our hand to in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for me, Owen. Pray for me because this thing just hit me last night out of the blue, and uh, it's my yearly, my yearly cold. <laughs> it's my sharing. All everybody shares all things in common with us down here, and when they come in from the north, but that's okay. I am strengthening my immune system. What can I say? God bless you guys. Nice to have you with us as always. Check out the podcast. Uh, subscribe to what you can, podcasts and whatever you're listening to this on, just so we can up the audience and get more visibility. So we will continue on tomorrow and press on through the worst. God bless you all. Keep looking up. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.